This program contains contents that may be triggering for some listeners, specifically conversations on gender-based violence. We acknowledge that this content may be difficult, so we encourage you to care for your well-being. Dear whoever is listening, have you ever felt the need to share something, vent or release, but struggle to find the right space or people? Welcome. This is a safe space where you can share whatever it is you've wanted to get off your chest. In this space, you can share your traumas and your hurts. You can share your stories of celebration and love. You are seen. You are heard. In this space, you have a moment of release. You are not alone. This episode was supported by Bebeta Malawi, Art and Global Health Center Africa, ArtGlow, as well as the United Nations Trust Fund, UNTF, to end violence against women. My name is Mpatsu Makamo. I will be your host for this edition of To Whoever Is Listening, 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence. This program is brought to you by Warner Collective, The 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence is an annual international campaign which raises awareness about gender-based violence, challenges discriminatory practices, and calls for improved laws and services to end violence against women and girls. If you or anyone you know has been a victim of gender-based violence and need counseling, please contact the Malawi GBV Crisis Line on 5600. Each episode in this edition will feature two letters addressed to whoever is listening, written by victims of gender-based violence. The letters will be read by assigned readers, who will then respond with a few words of affirmation. The readers in this edition are talented women who are making strides in their respective careers. In order to preserve the anonymity of the letter writers, we have assigned each victim of gender-based violence a flower name. This episode of Whoever's Listening features letters from Tulip, Lotus, and Lily. The letter from Tulip is read by Jessica Mandanda. Jessica is a gender and communication specialist, writer, and radical feminist, advocating for bodily autonomy and women's freedom. Here is a letter from Tulip. Dear Whoever is Listening, I am writing this to detail the story of how I was almost raped in the month of September 2015. It has been six years, but the details of that day replay in my mind as if it happened yesterday. Perpetrators are usually those close to you. This is something I had heard before, but had trouble believing, but it is true. Sometimes we live with them under the very same roof. They are the people we trust, the people we love, and the people for which we would sacrifice our lives. I was only 15, an innocent, capable of trusting anyone, even those that never deserved my trust. I almost saw it. I almost saw the darkness of people, particularly the dark side of trust. 
I know by writing this letter I might be judged, but you are free to think in whichever way you wish. As I said, it was the month of September. My parents were not around. It was only me, my younger brother, and the house helper in the house. Yes, the house helper was a male. He had lived with us for about two consecutive years. To me, he was family. So on that same day, when I was about to sleep, he called me. He said he wanted us to discuss something. Innocently, I told him that that thing could wait until tomorrow. To my surprise, he insisted on us meeting at 1 a.m. That was when I knew that catastrophe was about to knock me down. I had heard a lot about rape victims, how disheartening the stories were. Honestly, I could not imagine myself being one of them. So I had to act fast. I had to protect myself. That was when I took a knife and placed it under my pillow pushed our bedroom chair closer to the door so that if he decided to come, I should be able to know. After some hours of sleeping, I heard him pushing the door. Like a dream, I saw him coming closer, slowly calling my name like a demon, inviting me to dine with the devil. I couldn't believe it. I remember thinking, God, is this really about to happen to me? Please have mercy. I touched the knife I hid, in, I hid under the pillow. Should I stab him? What if he, he, he overpowers me and stabs me instead? I was confused. But like God had heard my humble prayer, I quickly thought of jumping from my bed to my little brothers. I began screaming. I started to scream until my little brother woke up and scared him away. Funny how a small boy turned out to be the hero of the day. I guess that was God's grace. The next day, I was so determined to report everything to my father. I asked for advice from my friends before reporting. Others said I should give him a second chance since he had apologized. However, I did not listen to them. What if that second chance was the end of me? After I had reported to my father, word of what had happened spread and our neighbors began claiming that I just wanted to ruin this man's reputation. Others questioned my dressing. To my surprise, I never used to put on short things. That was when I realized that sometimes society contributes to the increase of rape cases. Unless we change the negative attitude we hold towards rape victims, rape might be the pandemic we might never be able to overcome. In desperation, tulip. Dear Tulip, it's quite funny how your letter was titled Tulip and um, it reminds me of a poem I had written titled The Same and the story is also very similar. I wrote my poem which was titled Tulip and I was talking about a flower. I was talking about myself as a flower. And I was talking about the man who tried to ruin me, the flower. The man who tried to do that to me was a family friend who, you know, when everything got out as well, people thought I was just trying to ruin his career or his future. I was a little girl. I was 10 years old at the time. 
And it was funny, you know, they asked what I was doing with him, why I had gone to that house, even though I used to play in that house every single day with this man's sisters. I agree with you when you say that society contributes to rape. Society has shrilled rape for so long and it's sad. UN Women said that violence against women is a shadow pandemic and honestly it's, it has been the pandemic we need to be paying attention to above all the other pandemics we've had. Look at COVID for example. So many young girls aged 10, aged 15 were defiled, were raped and people still managed to blame it on how they were dressed. I think in many ways society has been in denial of how rotten it is. We're still the Malawian society that tries to blame everything on religion and culture. I wish there was a switch that we could just flip overnight and everything would change. I also wish that, you know, after 30 plus years of protesting and begging and fighting for our, our voices just to be heard and for people to understand that we do not want to be raped, we're tired of being raped, I wish it would all stop. But after all of the fighting, the begging, and of course, you know, the lives we have lost of women who are still fighting for the same cause, it seems like everything is just becoming worse. So I'm not sure what we need to do from here on out. But what I do know is it's not my responsibility and it's also not your responsibility alone. It is all of our responsibility. There is no way we can end the plague or the pandemic of sexual violence alone. It's not something I can do on my own. It's not something anybody can do on their own. I want to say thank you for sharing your story because your story speaks to so many experiences of so many young girls who are experiencing this now, who will experience this, and some who are still trying to heal from that experience like myself. I want to thank you for your story and I want to encourage you to continue sharing your story because someone out there needs to hear your story so that they may be encouraged to report what happened to them and to fight back. I stand with you and I am ready whenever you're ready to go and shut down the system that allows rape to happen. So once again, dear Tulip, Thank you for your story. The letter from Lotus will be read by Shamila Elias. Shamila is a senior project manager at Lake of Stars and a freelance production manager specializing in event planning, marketing, and film production. She is also a talented actress, writer, and poet. Shamila is a passionate advocate for women and children's rights. Here is a letter from Lotus. To whoever is listening, this is my story. I was forced into marriage when I was only 16. I hadn't seen my period yet. The man was 12 years older. He raped me. 
He hurt me. I bled every time he forced himself on me. I never knew anything about sex, and for not satisfying him sexually, I was beaten and I was insulted. He told me that I was not a woman. After some months, I ran away and sought refuge from a relative. I hadn't seen my period still. I discovered I was pregnant. I had a son after a few months later. That's when I first saw my first blood. I've never shared this with anyone because the only people I trusted were the ones who pushed me there. Frustration became the order of the day. That was the root of my loss of trust in anyone, a loss I still feel to this day. I went back to school. Everyone, including teachers, mocked me for being a student and a mother. I was bullied and I was always frustrated, crying and even wishing to drop out. I could not concentrate on school. I was selected to university after secondary, and once again I found myself faced with men trying to take advantage of me and my body. Lecturers demanded sex services for good grades. I resisted one of them, and he failed me deliberately. I was pulled from school for two years, and I came back to repeat afterwards. By God's grace, I finished my university education. I started working for an NGO. After some time, I fell in love with the owner of the NGO. After some years of dating, I got pregnant. The man never wanted the pregnancy. He tried to force me to abort, and I refused. I was let go for not complying. I never reported this matter. Here I am now, years later. I gathered the courage to establish my own NGO, which is fast growing. I still have to fight my traumas every day. I still struggle to trust anyone, and I fear that I miss two important stages in a girl's life: embracing my first period and having my first sexual experience be consensual and enjoyable. My life and my experiences have made me the woman I am today—the perfect woman to run my NGO, advocating for women and fighting GBV. The perfect woman to fight for others because no one fought for me. With love and support, Lotus. Dear Lotus, words fail me to express what it is I'd say to you if I had to meet you. But the one thing I do take from your letter is that you're one of the bravest women I've ever met. You've been through all of this, and you've actually come out to be able to help others. This is something we all dream to do. So I wish you well, and I wish you all the strength and growth as you help other women hold their hands through this journey of their lives. We need more of you, Lotus. In love and faith, Shamila Elias. The letter from Lily will be read by Umba Zalira. Umba is an African intersectional feminist passionate about sexual reproductive health for girls and young women. She is the co-founder of Growing Ambition, an all-young women-led nonprofit community organization that provides comprehensive mentorship and support to teenage mothers in peri-urban areas. She's also the co-creator and co-host for Feministing While Malawian, a podcast exploring all issues affecting young women in Malawi from a feminist perspective. Here is the letter from Lily. Dear whoever's listening, quote, know that we do not tell our stories to restore ourselves. We do not tell them to compare scars. We tell our stories because now we can. We tell our stories to repave the path 
because we are our sister's keeper. End quote. Danielle Conibert. I am six and I remember. I remember watching the movie The Gods Must Be Crazy with siblings and an uncle. I remember he always replayed the bushman in front of the whole family with me on his back, piggyback. I remember his two fingers would be in my vagina as he danced around. I remember him pressing his hard penis on me when lights went out. I remember confiding in a family member. I remember reporting. I remember. I remember nothing being done about it. I remember resolving that it was okay. It was my fault. I remember a couple of more years, same routine. I am 16 and I remember. I remember the first serious boyfriend, first year at university. I remember saying no again and again, but knowing I was physically helpless. I remember the pain of an intrusion into my vagina. I remember being left there in the morning, feeling violated. I remember hating my body, screaming inside. The shame. God, the shame. And the physical burden of it every day after that. I am 20 and I remember. I remember his face. I remember his office when I went to drop my CV. I remember his hand on my thigh. He said, we will work well together. I remember thinking, it will never end. I remember seeing his hand on my thigh in my mind, even after many baths. I am 30 and I remember. I remember everything so vividly. I remember every time I get up in the middle of the night crying and screaming. I remember seeking help from a pastor in my church after all I grew up in church. I remember being asked to forgive. Forgiveness. I remember the words. Forgive them even if they aren't saying sorry. It is for you. More importantly, God demands it. Also, don't question God. Obey. I remember feeling like vomiting. I remember thinking something is wrong with me for feeling only disgust and not forgiveness. I remember that I don't owe forgiveness to my abusers. I remember that I survived although survival didn't look like much. I remember to put down the burden of shame. It is not mine. Not anymore. In remembrance, Lily. Dear Lily, I'm so, 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 so sorry this happened to you. I'm sorry that you didn't feel listened to. I'm sorry that you didn't feel protected. I'm sorry that you were hurt in so many ways by people that you loved and trusted. I want you to know that your story is valid and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We believe you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whoever is Listening. To access more of our content, follow us online at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That is at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also follow Warner Collective at Warner Collective on Twitter and Facebook. And our Instagram is Warner underscore Collective. If you or anyone you know has been a victim of gender-based violence and need counseling, please contact the Malawi GBV crisis line on 5600.
Ngati inu, kapena ena, anagulidwabo, kapena kuchiridwa nkaza zili zose, akufuna chitandizo. Chonde imba ni nambala ii, 5600.